Today's gospel is that familiar story about Jesus and his interaction with the Samaritan woman at Jacob's well that led her and nearly her whole town to be believers in Jesus. Now, as the chapter begins, we read that Jesus has been in Judea gaining more disciples than John the Baptist. Well, this was not making the Pharisees very happy. They were disturbed, they were jealous. But it was not the time yet for Jesus to confront the Pharisees, so he decided he is going to go from Judea to Galilee. Well, the shortest way to get there is through Samaria. And so that's what he did. And they were walking. Jesus got tired. So he rested at the well of Jacob. And he sent his disciples off to get some food in the nearby town. A Samaritan woman, whose name we don't know, approaches the well at noon to draw water from the well. And Jesus asks her for a drink. That should be the end of the story, really, as far as we're concerned. That's kind of a common thing. You're thirsty, you ask someone for a drink. But we'll find out why that was such an earth-shattering request. And a long conversation ensues, and it was uncomfortable at times for the woman because it was both theological and personal. And then it results in Jesus telling her that he is living water and that he is the Messiah. As a result of this conversation, the Samaritan woman runs back to town, tells everybody about Jesus. Many in the town believe in her, a testimony, and they've come to follow Jesus, and they invite Jesus to come to their town, and many more believe. So that's the story that we have. You may not have ever wondered this, but I have. And so this is what I'm going to share with you this morning. How many of you have ever wondered how Jesus knew that this woman had five husbands and that the man she was living with was not her husband? Okay. We know that Jesus didn't Google a Samaritan woman and come up with that right on the internet. Now, when I was a younger Christian, I didn't wonder about that because I thought Jesus is God. He possesses all of the omnis, omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent. So then I just assumed he was God. That's how he knew. Then I learned as I became more mature and I looked at the passage in Philippians. If you want to, honestly, if you want to grab your Bible, you might want to do that. As you can see, I have some tabs here uh, because I'm going to be going back and forth. So feel free to either just listen to me or go back and forth along with me. So I'm going to go to Philippians 2, verses 6 through 8, some verses that many of us are very familiar with. And what does it say? talks about Jesus, Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. 
being born in the likeness of men. Jesus, when he became incarnate, set aside his omnis, as we call them, okay? He set them aside. The, we know that he was not omnipresent, right? If he's in Judea, he's not in Samaria. He was in a human body. He was not omniscient unless he heard something from the Father. And he was not all-powerful all unless, and we'll get to that, he heard something from the Father, and we'll talk about why he did the things that he did. So, he could tell that there was something up because the woman came at noon to get water instead of in the morning or in the evening when all of the other women would have come. But Jesus' knowledge was very specific. You've had five husbands, and the one you're living with now is not your husband. So let's take a look and find out where Jesus got this power. We're going to look at Luke chapter 3, verses 21 to 22. This is the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were open, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form, like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. And then moving on to chapter 4, verse 1, and Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, and then verse 14, Jesus begins his ministry, and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And then finally, 18 and 19, where Jesus is in his own hometown synagogue, he stands and he reads this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus, when he was baptized, received the full power of the Holy Spirit. And it is by that power that he did and said and taught what he did. And one final word about that, according to John 5, 19, and this is just a remarkable verse. He's, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. So those things that Jesus accomplished on earth, he saw the Father doing, and he did it by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the good thing about, one of the good things about Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit brings gifts. You know, when you go to visit someone, you bring a bottle of wine, some flowers, a box of chocolate. The Holy Spirit brings amazing gifts of power. And so what we're going to do 
is we're going to use our gospel passage, take a look at it, and, and we're just going to look at three of the gifts because Jesus was perfect, perfectly knew what the Father was doing, perfectly used the Holy Spirit, so he had all the gifts. But we're just going to look at three because we want to get done on time today. So, there are three scriptures that talk about gifts. The first one we're going to look at is Romans. Romans 12, 4 through 8. And it talks about the body, and it says, For as in one body we have many members, and remember this, the members do not all have the same function, so though we, we though many, are one body in Christ, having gifts that differ. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in serving, teaching, exhortation, contribution, I'm sorry, generosity, leadership, and mercy. Those are sometimes referred as to as the equipping gifts. So, looking at the passage of Jesus talking to the Samaritan woman, what gift comes to mind that he used in his discussion with her? And I'm not going to ask you to shout it out because he used a multitude of gifts, but I'm going to concentrate on one. Jesus showed the gift of mercy. Mercy. Because he was compassionate to the Samaritan woman. Mercy means compassion. Mercy gives hope. Mercy gives comfort. And mercy gives healing. And Jesus showed mercy to the Samaritan woman because, one, Jews detested Samaritans. They considered them to be less than. They were a mixed race. And yet Jesus spoke to the Samaritan woman. Secondly, not only was Jesus a Jew, he was a Jewish man, and it was a Samaritan woman. Calls to mind the rabbinical prayer, blessed are you, Lord, our God, ruler of the universe, who has not created me a woman. That was a rabbinical prayer. So thinking about it, Jesus is a Jewish man. He shows mercy and compassion and talks to a Samaritan woman who he has some clue about since she's gathering water at noontime, not with any friends. Finally, he exercises the gift of mercy because he actually places himself in a lower position by asking for a drink of water. So we see Jesus exercising in the Holy Spirit, the gift of mercy. Now, and now we're going to answer the question now. I've held you in suspense long enough. Now we're going to answer the question, how did Jesus know that, in fact, this woman had five husbands? And we're going to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is a second scripture verse that tells us about the gifts. And so we will start with verse 4. Now, we're going to start with verse, yes, verse 4. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are a variety of services, but the same Lord. To each is given the, manifest, the manifestation of the Spirit. One utterance of wisdom, 
utterance of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, miracles, prophecy, distinguished between spirits, various tongues, and another interpretation of tongues. So, ta-da! The answer to the question, how did Jesus know that this woman had five husbands before and that the man she was living with was not her husband, was a word of knowledge. Jesus exercised the manifestation of the Spirit called the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is not something that we look up, oh my, I was dating myself, I was going to say in an encyclopedia. A word of knowledge is not something we Google on our phone, okay? The word of knowledge is a Holy Spirit revelation. It's a revelation to someone about a fact, a current situation, or something that took place in the past. So Holy Spirit prompted Jesus to ask about the husband and then revealed to him her current situation. He knew this because the gift of the word of knowledge. Okay. As a result of the word of knowledge, this whole conversation ensues. Jesus reveals that he is the Messiah. He talks with her about living water. And what does she do? She runs to tell all of her town folk about Jesus. Now, on a side note, and one I'm not going to get into, it's a whole other sermon, I find it so interesting that this Samaritan woman who has been ostracized by her community, the first thing she does when she finds out about Jesus, she runs to those very people who ostracized her and she tells them all about Jesus. Another sermon. Then finally, the third place where we find gifts of the Holy Spirit mentioned is in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians 4, verse 7, and then verses 11 and 12. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gifts, and that grace is, and he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds or pastors, and teachers. So as I say, what happened once the Samaritan woman had this conversation with Jesus, he showed her mercy, he revealed by word of knowledge some things about herself, he then revealed, I'm, I'm the Messiah, I have the living water. She runs home, she tells her town folk about it, and what do they do? They invite Jesus to their town, he stays for two days, and many more believe. So Jesus is exercising the office of a teacher. Or, well, let's just say teacher, because I keep saying there's all these other ones that he does as well, but we're concentrating on teacher. So that the story of the Samaritan woman illustrates for us the proper use of the gifts of the Spirit. And what is the purpose of the gifts of the Spirit? The first, as we see in Ephesians, to build up the body of Christ. And the second is to fulfill the Great Commission, making disciples throughout the world. 
So, what does this mean for us as a body of Christ? As I said earlier, none of us have all the gifts. We may think we do, but we don't. Just as Holy Spirit, though, has empowered Jesus, that same Holy Spirit has been given to each of us in baptism. And with the Holy Spirit, as I said, comes gifts. And those gifts the Holy Spirit has given to us. We had our vestry and staff retreat Friday and Saturday. And I have to tell you, it was an amazing display of a variety of the gifts within the body of Christ. There was the gift of leadership, the gift of teaching, the gift of service. We had people who led, we had people who taught us, and we had people who came and brought us dinner and breakfast and lunch. Gift of service. We had the manifestations of a word of wisdom and knowledge, and we had gifts of healing because we spent a time waiting on the Holy Spirit for the Holy Spirit to reveal to us what are the things that are getting in our way, okay, that we need to let go as we move on. And then we prayed over them and we were healed. And then finally, we had the Ephesian, what are called equipping gifts, because we had pastors there and we had teachers there. As we learned those things that we needed to know to go forward as a body of Christ here at Servants of Christ. So, in closing, this is my request of you, my exhortation to you, one of the gifts. <laughs> During this Lenten season, take time to reflect on these gifts from the Holy Spirit, Romans gifts, Corinthians gifts, Ephesian gifts, and ask God which gifts has he given to you because you have at least one, at least one and probably more. And then sit before the Lord and ask, how can I better use these gifts to build up this body of Christ called serv servants of Christ and then to accomplish the great commission? So let's start with Gainesville, throughout Gainesville, And on a very practical note, we have intercessory prayer ministers during the time of Holy Communion. If you want some prayer to maybe ask the Holy Spirit, what are those gifts? Head on over. Our intercessory prayer ministers would be more than happy to pray with you during that time. As St. Paul tells us, we are to stir up the gifts of the Spirit. And we do that not for our own sake, not to say, well, I have this gift and I have this gift. No, it is to build up the body of Christ and is to accomplish the Great Commission. So let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, and empower us with the fire of your love. Give me opportunities to use your gifts as revealed 
so that I may show your love and your mercy to the world. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence among us, and we thank you for being our friend, our teacher, our comforter, our counselor, our intercessor. And we thank you, Lord, for the gifts, your extravagant gifts, so that we may accomplish those things that Jesus accomplished as he walked on this earth. In his name we pray. Amen.